When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shot comes in, stretches, and hits the back of the net. There's a shot and a goal. Shatterton to Burns. It's a third, and the Broncos are running rampant. Boise State at the peak of the Mountain West Conference for women's soccer. Welcome back to the From the Spot podcast. I'm Ariana Salinas, your host, and I'm back here with head coach Jim Thomas. Hey, guys. Been a couple of crazy weeks, but now we're getting into season, really getting into the grind of everything. Mm-hmm. With last week being opening weekend and the week prior having been the exhibition match against the College of Idaho. Yeah. So, how have you been? How's everything kind of going with these last two weeks really starting to take into season? Yeah, it's funny. You, you spend most of the time thinking about this thing that's miles away, miles away, and then you blink and all of a sudden it's rocking and rolling again. So, it's exciting to be back into the flow of training and playing and having opponents to learn from and grow from and uh, getting to know and spend time with our team is also one of the most joyous things that I get to do as a head coach for a program like this. So getting on the road um, for four days, traveling through airports, running a million miles an hour to catch flights, having planes held for you due to delays and things like that. It's just the madness that makes this whole thing so exciting. Um and then obviously to actually play matches, win games, get points, feel good about where we're moving forward and what we're growing towards. I think it was kind of the the full package. Uh, we had a blast doing it. So we're in a good spot and excited for a big opportunity this weekend. So just starting off, the exhibition match was a huge success in terms of fan turnout. Yeah. You know, we were nearly upwards of 1,000 fans in attendance yeah. for just an exhibition match. Right. So... What was that like, you know, for the girls, for you being able to walk in and see 
just that many people from the community show up and support you guys before the season even officially starts. Yeah, it's exactly that, isn't it? The, there's a clear show of community support, uh, fan base that's behind both programs, and College of Idaho were well represented there as well. And to share that with their friends of ours, I mean, these a bunch of the players that are on their roster, our coaching staff have been involved in their youth careers. Uh, Brian Smith is a really close friend of ours. Uh, through the same channels. Um, so it's good to share a competitive moment with the people that you're close with in the community. And that includes the fan base that was there. So I think we're going to see that this year, though. Bronco Nation is behind Bronco Soccer and they're coming out in their droves to support us. Our players are lifted by that. Make no bones about it. They play better more with more commitment and vigor in moments where the, the stands are full. And you could see that against College of Idaho. And they're such a good program. We need it to be that way, you know. And it was a really, really good performance from us on the day. One that you're going to see natural rust and some things that are less efficient than you're going to want them to be in a few weeks' time from now. Um, but a clear identity forming that I think local soccer fans are going to really get behind. One that's aggressive towards the goal and really wants to compete in every moment and work towards that. We're calling it juice, but to play with a palpable energy, not just, oh, they work hard. Everybody at our level works hard. We want it to be like the hype girls work hard, that kind of thing, like loud, in your face, enjoying every moment, expressing themselves emotionally, comfortable in their own skin. Uh, and that's the group that we're forming. And you saw that against College of Idaho, and it produced two goals, both of which were great. Morgan Stones was an absolute world-class goal. Um, but the actual overall energy, pressing, competing to win the second ball, releasing on counterattacks. It was it was a pleasure to be a part of that. So and so when it comes to the fan show fans showing up, yeah. This weekend, sellout. Right. You know, we're cut holding back selling season tickets just because of how many people are showing up and looking to get into the bleachers, which by the way, if you are listening and you want to sit in the bleachers, we highly recommend you show up at least an hour early. We're looking at standing room only at this point. Um, it's going to be a huge turnout for BYU. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to break records here. Um, we were fortunate enough uh, in 2019 to host the final that we won. And there were about 12.50 there at that point. Uh, a few years later, we host the final again. Unfortunately, didn't win it, but there were the same amount of people there. And this is going to exceed that. And this is a forerunner for where we're going in the future. Um, there are plans afoot for us to add a second grandstand on the opposite side of the field so our gate can increase to somewhere between twenty five to 2,500 to 3,000 people. That's what the community is showing us they want. And we are here to serve them and our student-athletes. And uh, like I said earlier, our athletes play better in front of greater crowds and more enthusiastic crowds. So if you are out there on Saturday, don't hold back. It's not a library. You can shout and yell your head off as much as you want. Um, and, and that environment lifts our players. So we're starting to improve their experience and so their performances, which is what we want as a coaching staff. So it's all kind of coming together for us right now. And, um, you know, this, this weekend's going to be uh, bonkers. There'll be people everywhere. Uh, the setup of the facility is going to be different. Obviously, the introduction of lights will change things, but having areas, fan zone areas and uh, Bronco shop there for you to get your gear, it's just going to be a completely different feel. 500 scarves for the first 500 people that come through. Amazing opportunities for you guys to share in what we're doing as a program. And clearly to this point with what we've seen with the College of Idaho game, 
Bronco Nation is behind Bronco Soccer and, and we're going to continue to put a product out there that will make them enjoy it and be proud of it, um, but also have an entertaining uh, sports event. And I think that's what this weekend's going to be. Um, the biggest challenge that we've had to this date, but also the biggest opportunity. And that's the way we're framing it. You know, it's, I had a friend of mine, close friend of mine, say to, to me, it's not a big game and it's not a big week. And I said, well, I, I don't know whether I agree with you on that. I think it's a really big week and I think it's a really big game. He goes, it's, not, it's neither of those things. It's just a big opportunity. And that reframed this for me, you know, and I'm trying to help our players achieve that same reframing that from whatever happens this weekend, we're going to grow. And that was our goal for the non-conference. We have an opportunity to accelerate that growth by executing things that aren't necessarily pivotal in all the matches that you play against. The game's won in a different manner. Uh, we'll have to do things that would really help us learn to play at a Power 5 conference on a regular level, on a regular basis. And that's the purpose of this overall schedule. Plan Oregon, plan Oregon State, plan Arizona, plan Arizona State, plan Eastern Washington. These teams are at the top tier of their conferences and in the top 100 to top 50 nationally is that we're going to learn how to balance ourselves and equilibrate at that level and the first opportunity to start that process is against BYU so it's going to be super fun to see what we get out of it and see how the players respond um, and what they apply and we can only grow from the opportunity so I'm I'm a lot more relaxed after that conversation so thanks to him for helping me through that but uh, hopefully our players are seeing it from the same way that this isn't a scary moment this is an exciting one and one that we're going to learn from and grow from and what greater opportunity could we ask for three games in? So. Just three games in, like you said, um, this past weekend, Kenzie had a fantastic weekend. Yeah, She earned Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week this week. She scored three goals against or across two matches. Mm -hmm. She's the first person to do that since Ramey Shirley in 2019. So it's been four seasons since wow, someone's, <laughs> yeah, someone's had – it's been four seasons almost since someone had – that kind of start. So what's that been like just for her to come out the gates like that? Well, you'll hear us reference this thing called vibe or juice a lot, and, and it's who we're becoming. Uh, I think we've been a little bit more reserved, uh, conservative as a group of people, and she is unabashed in her passion and will to win. And it's as she's gotten older, I think she's gotten to a position in her life as a young woman where she's not going to hold that back or be ashamed of it in any way. She's going to give it to you full force. And I think what she's found in doing that is there are a lot more people that are akin to her demeanor than she thought. There's a lot more support for it. Um, and not only that, we're kind of building ourselves around it. So uh, I think she's been only rewarded by continuing to go down that route. And, and you're seeing now a player play without kind of inhibition. She's... Um, Playing with reckless abandon. And as a striker, you need to do that. You can't worry about how it ends up. You've got to worry about how you do it. And In training, she does that a lot. She's been doing that for two years. I just think we're seeing it translate now. And I would be remiss to say that, you know, when you're a striker, you have to be in the right system. It has to pro promote what you do. I think the system changes that we've been refining over the last eight to nine months have really promoted her as a, an attacking player. Last year, she did a tremendous job, but out of position as a left-sided player. Moving her into the center has really enabled her to influence the game for more people and for herself. Uh, and then similarly, that system change has enabled her to build a relationship with another player in Carly Cross, who as a tandem, they changed the, the kind of stance of our team. And 
Um, they they carry players that you're used to seeing be great, the likes of Stone, uh, Jen, Jocelyn, stalwart players, uh, Peyton McBride. They set the tone for those guys. The older players are going to lead. The older players are still leading us. Um, they're just doing it from behind, not in front. And the trend setters, the juice setters, are that front three and the front two. And um, that's the exciting part for me is to see those relationships build between Kenzie and CJ and how they're continuing to complement one another. And frankly, if you if you were to ask them, they'd, they'd have told you we should have both had at least two more goals on the day. CJ missed two 1v1s with a goalkeeper that she finishes on a daily basis. Uh, Kenzie missed a header. Uh, from inside the penalty spot, which she'll want back. And she also missed a, a cutback cross from Carly. But they're together all the time. It's always one giving it to the, the other. And I think that's a testament to why they're being effective is because they're working as a unit and a tandem, not isolated and expected to take on the world. And uh, looking back as to what Ramey achieved here, bringing her up, it, it only puts that into more perspective, what she did as a singular player, supplemented by great players, Chris, Orb and, and McKenna Kynet were they were a four-headed monster. But those guys created something that Ramey had an awful lot to do. I think these guys are working in a slightly better complement where the, the finishes are a little simpler. So um, it's exciting. I can't wait to see it grow. We've got a couple more years of it as well. So it's something that we're going to see evolve over the course of time. So... Those three minutes at North Dakota. I mean, I could yeah. feel the energy yeah. through the screen. Yeah. I, all of a sudden, just goal after goal after goal. Uh, to be more specific, it was a two-minute and 40-second time span. Really? That all of this happened. Wow. All of it unfolded. So what was that like from the bench, from being on the field, seeing the girls just go in and attack like that, and yeah. all of a sudden, three goals straight? Tremendous. I mean, I'll be honest with you, and for those that know me around, they're going to chuckle at this. I, I can't really remember last week, um, and I'm really not looking to next week. I'm one of those people that lives in the absolute now all the time. And so once the first goal had gone in, I was already in the next moment. Uh, I didn't find out that we'd scored three goals in uh, three minutes until your report came out later on that night. And I didn't even recognize it at that point someone else had to bring it to my attention so I really didn't know um, I just knew that we were flowing with the correct energy and applying ourselves appropriately to the problem that we were facing and I think what we did find out in, the, in this weekend is while we are incredibly deep um, and we have tremendous players in all areas of immense athleticism and technical ability the tactical element and the emotional element is a vast array based on the fact that some of these guys are really young. If you look at a kid like Frankie, uh, who's crushing it at the moment, she's never done any of this stuff. So, you know, the emotional development is happening before your very eyes. Uh, Peyton's been doing this for years. So she walks into a game, she's barely played any and plays 30 minutes like a pro. So it's there's a little bit of a different tactical and emotional application by him. Um, but the ability is is very consistent across the top 26 to 28 players, which is amazing for training. It's amazing for uh, selections of teams. Um, but we're learning that while that talent is there, it's better in certain scenarios and it's better in certain relationships. And we learned that in, in pretty raw terms um, coming out of the second half where I think we made somewhere in the region of five to seven changes to the lineup and gave an awful lot of opportunity and responsibility to players 
who had been playing really, really well and will play really, really well in the future, but the moment and the scenario wasn't correct for him. The relationships weren't correct for him. And as a result, we give up two goals. So we go in 3-0, it's brilliant, but then we give up two goals. Uh, and I think those lessons, to learn them while winning are, is such a such a benefit. We're so blessed for that. But at the same time, now we know them, we've got to continue to put them in the correct situations where they can be successful. And that's kind of our goal as, as coaches to do that. So it was cool. I didn't really recognize it until later. Um, and I think you'll see that, these flurries of goals from us as the juice really starts to click. Um, but I think you'll also see us refine some of the rotations and relationships so we can be more robust later down the line. So we already touched on this weekend and how big it is, but when it comes to getting the girls not to kind of get in their own heads when it comes to facing a ranked team like BYU, yeah. uh, they just got updated and they bumped up two spaces, so now they're number 11. Okay. They entered the season uh, number 13. I guess kind of mentality goes into from a coaching standpoint and you know being that older figure to them so yeah. that they don't go into this. Did you just match. call me old, Ariana. My gosh. I mean, I'm trying to shave my well, head so you can't see the gray hair. But. Older. I didn't call <laughs> you old. <laughs> but just as that, you know, almost in a sense like a father figure for them. You know, how do you go in and show them, like, this isn't a match that we need to look at as they're ranked. This is just like any other opponent that we face and that we're going to face coming up this season. Yeah, I think that, that ties into the opportunity. Uh, stance, not big game stance. The big games are going to come, and that that will be an even different approach for us. You play in a championship game, it is a big game. And if you avoid the fact that it's a big game, then you're delusional. Uh, if you don't face down the demon and learn to handle it, uh, it'll eat you up, and you won't perform in that environment. So in this one, I think the tack towards it being an opportunity for us to grow, learn, apply, see them in a, a different light helps with some of that. Um, there is a fine balance in my mind and how I approach this stuff in teaching and um, not flooding with information. I think at times when you teach things, there's an inevitable part of learning that isn't great. And to apply something can be difficult. So inherently, you're going to cause that person to fail in order to grow. Well, if you fail, then your confidence is depleted and you can't do what you're capable of doing at that point in the match on Saturday. So it's a fine balance. I think today, yesterday was a rip-roaring session for us. We flew, and it was the best, we call them fast days, where we remove any coaching or breaks, and the session has no uh, limited duration. It, ha it could be done in 45 minutes. It might take an hour and 15 minutes. It's about completing certain tasks, certain exercises, and winning them, um, regardless of how long it takes, and we don't coach within it. So there's no stoppages. The thing just flies, and the kids love it. But um, that was yesterday, and I think that shows the confidence they've got right now, the commitment that they've got, the physical preparation that they've got. So I think that side of it's in a really, really good spot. Today was the learning day, and they had to get up really, really early to do it um, because they want to go to a music concert tonight. So we're trying to accommodate all parts of their life. Um, but... Uh, they had to learn and apply, alter their system, uh, apply specific roles for the first time and get a taste of what the expectations are defensively. Tomorrow they're going to do it offensively. But I think by tomorrow we're going to take the shackles off of the learning component uh, and reiterate, not introduce. And I think it's at that point you'll start to see a little more proficiency from certain people. 
And if people are starting to um, move a little slower in that area, that will give us an insight into how prepared they'll be by Saturday. Um, and obviously by reintroducing the offensive side of the ball, we're going to start reintroducing the confidence side of it that we're not going to be laying down against an opponent because they've got a number against them. Uh, we're going to go and try and beat them, and this is how we're going to do it on the other side of the ball. So by Thursday, uh, we're still two days away from the game. Um, we'll be rebuilding that confidence, and Friday we'll fly again uh, for a very, very short period of time where they can see and experience their own greatness. Um, I think confidence comes from the knowledge of the, out the outcome. I don't think it's this mysterious thing that uh, you have sometimes and don't others. I think you have it when you are confident of the outcome, even if the outcome isn't predictable or positive. Um, confidence is the knowledge of something about to happen, in my mind. So if our knowledge is that we are going to execute what we do in the manner that we want to do it, on both sides of the ball, and from an emotional and juice perspective, and we can be confident that that's, that's going to happen. That internalizes our performances, makes the, uh, the things that will be pivotal in the game controllable by us and not by our opponent or by the weather, which seems to keep coming in and out um, when we're moving around with lightning storms or um, you know, playing surface, style of the other team, whether the crowd show or loud or whatever it is, we're internalizing now. Uh, and I think that builds confidence in a player that they can actually control the outcome um, and then feel good about it one way or the other. So from my perspective, it's a balance of learning and competing. Um, it's a balance of success and growth. Uh, you want to be mindful of not to try not to grow too much prior to these moments. Uh, but we have committed to that for the entire non-conference. So we're not going to bail on that just because a, a local team that we've had a history with in the NC2A tournament is now coming to our place. Um, we're going to go to them in the future and do a return there. And we're going to do exactly the same thing at that point. We need to try and compete. We need to try and grow and get better and learn from that game. That's where the opportunity piece comes in. So find balance between learning and competing. Um, but the confidence comes in the knowledge of the outcome. And we're training them about what that outcome is going to be from a desired perspective beyond the win. Obviously, we want to win. Obviously, we're going to try and win. Obviously, we, everything we're doing this week is designed to win the match. Um, but it's also to execute certain things in a manner, play in a certain manner, represent ourselves and our university and community in a certain manner. Uh, and those are controllable goals for us, and we can be confident in achieving them think we have covered as much as we can as always i love to leave the mic open to you if there's anything that you'd love to share with fans or let them know as we wrap up this week's episode yeah i think there's you know the game's going to be available online uh, you'll be able to go to the mountain west network and watch it if you can't come in in person um, whether you're there virtually or you're sitting in the seats or screaming from the standing room only i, I want you to know the context of this 11 years ago i came to this community from the university of washington and I found a university with an immense amount of potential uh, and was attracted to the soccer program for the same reason. There has been a missing piece in that experience for our student athletes and for our community for the same 11 years, that the customary exchange between fans and players isn't available to us because we're playing in the middle of the afternoon. The environment is different. The number of people is different. The emotional space of the game is different 
and the hard work that's gone from Jeremiah and Heather down to Nate and everyone in jo- from Jordan that's working on the ground level with Nate. I saw Nate, who's one of our athletic directors, carrying boxes to make this uh, this light extravaganza go off on Saturday. First game uh, under the lights. First game ever under the lights. I, w- I, want, I want everyone to know that this has been a multi-level process, not just anything that I've done, that that so many pieces and forces and support structures have come into play to make it happen. But it's been something that's been over a decade in the making. Uh, And it's going to be an emotional moment for me to be able to share the game in its truest form with the community that I love so much. So um, thank you for all of those guys that that are going to come out in advance. Uh, We will play our hearts out for you. We will give everything we've got from coaching staff, players and support staff. But this is a slightly bigger thing. We're giving something to the community on a completely different level now that you will be able to experience the highest level of football in this country um, on the women's side now right here in your backyard in the right way. And we're going to continue to evolve this facility so you can share in that moment even better. Um, So come out or watch virtually. Just know that contextually this is a decade in the making and I can't wait to share it with you. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, Coach. Uh, getting some more insight on the team and what's kind of headed up for us this season. Um, Once again, if you haven't purchased tickets for the BYU match this Saturday, it's completely sold out. So as he mentioned, please join us virtually online. We'll have it ready for you on the Mountain West Network. And if you would still like to attend students, we will have about 250 reserved seats for you. So please come out and join and support your fellow Broncos. As a reminder, parking in the surrounding neighborhoods or at Boaz will no longer be available, so there will be a free parking and shuttle pickup available at 1218 West Belmont Street with every fan who takes the shuttle receiving a free popcorn voucher. Once again, I'm your host, Ariana Salinas, with head coach Jim Thomas, and we'll catch you all next week on From the Spot.